Jose, I say, Jose, it's time to wake up. Oh, buenos dias, senorita. My siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Hey, Michael, mi amigo, pay attention, it's Joe time. So it is. Pierre, you rascal, you. Let's put on the show. Mon ami, I am always ready, as you say, to put on the show. Oh, pardon, madame. That whistle was for my good friend, Fritz. Ach, to lieber, I almost fell out of my upper perch. We better start the show rolling. Wait, wait. We forgot to wake up the glee club. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. To paraphrase what Sam the American Eagle would say, it's a salute to all things Walt Disney, but mostly Walt Disney World. A former cast member, a longtime lover of the parks, and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, Dave brings you his unique perspective about the Walt Disney World Resort. Now please remain quietly seated throughout our tour, and we ask that there be no eating, drinking, smoking, or flash photography. Our podcasters are frightfully sensitive to bright lights. So put on your virtual mouse ears, sit back, and relax, and enjoy the podcast. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, mantenganse alejado del David. Hey everyone, it is Dave again. Who else did you expect? Mickey Mouse, perhaps? It's Dave again with another Dave's Disney View podcast. And this week, and into next week, I'm going to look back at a retrospective of a land that now has disappeared from Walt Disney World. And, you know, in a way, I'll kind of miss it. And in another way, well, you know, it always seemed kind of incomplete to me and it felt like it could use just a little bit more. So let's uh, get started. With the construction of Fantasyland, Disney decided to make a change to what was intended to be a temporary theme land in the Magic Kingdom and took out Toontown. But the history of Toontown goes back into the mid-1980s. If you think about it, Epcot construction had been completed, the studios were still far off in the distance, and the Magic Kingdom hadn't changed much in its 15-year history. Sure, a few attractions had been added, most notably uh, Space Mountain and the Pirates of the Caribbean, but it was time for a little expansion and a small change to the park. Now, kind of going along with that, one of the problems that Disney was experiencing was that uh, guests complained that they didn't see Mickey Mouse on their visit. Mickey was once, believe it or not, a free-roaming character who would show up at various parts of the park, uh, sometimes on Main Street, sometimes at Fantasyland, and sometimes right at the steps of the castle after a parade. Hardly anyone ever asked for his autograph. Instead, they just wanted a quick picture with the mouse who started it all. You know, you kind of walk up, maybe get a picture with him, he'd do a little pose, and you'd be on your way. There usually wasn't a line to see him. In fact, most of the time, you could kind of just walk up, tap him on the shoulder, and move on. If there was a line, it was two or three people deep. People didn't really have cameras like they do today. And uh, you'd kind of get, uh, get a picture with him and just uh, go on your way. But Disney came to realize that they were sitting on a sort of gold mine when it came to the guest experience. They could offer a consistent place to meet Mickey to get your photo and maybe even get an autograph. So they set him up at uh, Exhibition Hall. That's right at the end of Main Street, right next to Tony's Town Square restaurant, and let the guests know where he was. Now, there was another thing happening at the same time. In uh, November of 1988 was going to be Mickey's 60th birthday party. Uh, so the Disney company wanted to make a big splash and make a big birthday party that kind of celebrated him in a large way. 
So they came up with a clever idea. Why not create an area, a land if you will, especially for Mickey's birthday bash, and make it last through the entirety of 1988. Maybe you bring in some new guests, maybe you get to have a little party experience, it's all kind of fun. It kind of adds to the, to the fun factor of being at the Walt Disney World Resort. And so for the next year or so, planning and construction began on a new land to be called Mickey's Birthday Land. They decided to use some of the space behind the area where the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea ride once existed, and they wanted to build some elements that would make it seem unique, maybe a little exciting. Now the interesting part here was that because of the way the roads run behind that area, there's actually a service road that went right behind where the uh, 20k ride was, uh, they had to make a little um, uh, amendment to the park itself to be able to make enough room for all of Toontown. They had a certain number of uh, square feet or a certain number of hectares they wanted to use, and uh, so they, uh, they actually had to move the track for the Grand Prix just a little bit. They had to turn the track and make the track a little bit shorter in order to make enough room to build all of the things that they wanted in Mickey's Birthday Land. So uh, that was a little piece of trivia there that they, uh, they actually made a change. Now the Imagineers conceived of having tents for the main attraction along with a house for Mickey, his car, and some other accoutrements. The area was re referred to as Duckburg, which uh, drew on the storylines from the then-running TV show DuckTales, and you had some facades, some storefronts, Donald's boat, a statue of Cornelius Coote, the town founder according to the comics, and an area for the kids to run around which included a small topiary maze. But one of the more interesting areas was Grandma Duck's farm. Now, Grandma Duck had been introduced in the Donald and Scrooge comic book, so she was part of that canon as well, and had a role in DuckTales. Now, here was her farm, which was mostly a petting zoo. Now, think about this for a minute. They had a petting zoo in the Magic Kingdom. How unusual is that? But it kind of it met up with Walt's vision of being something that you kind of experience, yet it's different from everything you see every day. And true to form... The uh, Disney company really made this a kind of an uh, upscale petting zoo to some degree where it was a little more interesting than your average petting zoo. But at the end of the day, it was still a petting zoo. One of the attractions of the zoo was a uh, cow called Minnie Moo. Now, she was a Holstein cow, meaning she was, she was one of those cows that's mostly white with black splotches on her. Um, and it turned out that she had three concentric circles on one side, which uh, formed a perfect Mickey Mouse head. And legend has it that the uh, owner, uh, when she was born, called the local paper and let them know about the calf that was born. And they came out and took pictures, and the Disney company ultimately contacted the owner and asked to purchase her. And so they could put her on display at the uh, Magic Kingdom. I guess for a short period of time she was in Disneyland, but she ultimately moved to Walt Disney World uh, to be in Grandma Duck's farm. Now, beyond that, there was the main attraction of Mickey's birthday celebration. Disney did a masterful job of promoting the show with banners, cutout characters who were, quote, on their way to the celebration, brochures, a new Minnie Mouse recording that played on the monorail, inviting guests to come to the party, and even redoing the ride spiel for the railroad so that it became Mickey's Birthdayland Express. And let me play a little clip for you from some of the music that they used to play on the, uh, on the train. <laughs> To our right, 
you can see the rivers of America and Tom Sawyer's Island. Beyond that is Liberty Square, a touch of colonial America reborn. There you'll discover the inspiring haunted mansion and the spooky hall of presidents. Just around the bend lies the little town of Tomoki. Population all dried up, so the town is Duckburg, the home of world-famous movie stuff. As you know, Duckburg is the feather pillow capital of America. Things have been good for the Duckburgers. Down is up. <laughs> Next stop, Mickey's Birthday Land. Well, that's where Mickey Mouse lives. Minnie's got the party home set up out back. Just go on through the house. Now, please remain seated till we come to the full stop. Gather all of your belongings and watch your step as you leave. Have a good time, folks, and uh, see you soon. I was the train throughout the entire journey. Welcome aboard the Birthday Land Express, folks, bound for Main Street, USA, and the Frontierland Station. While on board, please keep those old arms and legs inside the train, and no eating, drinking, or smoking. You would arrive at the big tent and be taken into the show. It was a live stage show with a few performers hosting the show, along with Mickey's pals planning a big party for him. It was pretty cute, I have to say. And at the end, Mickey would come out and entertain just a little bit. And I happened to find an audio recording from the show, and I'd like to play that for you now.
And to tie it back to my original point Mick, uh, about Mickey not always being available, now they had a central location for Mickey to be standing in. So he was backstage behind, the, uh, behind, behind his big show, and you could go in and you could meet him and you could get autographs. Now, it was a really nicely done party for one year. Um, I enjoyed it, and because I had just moved to Orlando when they started the show, I distinctly remember calling my grandparents, who were very big Disney buffs, and saying, hey, you've got to check out this Mickey's Birthday Land show. It's very cute. And be sure and ride the train over because it's a lot more exciting when you take the train and build the hype just a little bit as you're getting there. Now, a few, few things about uh, some of the gags and some of the things you saw. My favorite gag was behind the big tent. You could see, see it from the train if you were on that side. Um, it was a sign that says, Duckburg uh, honors Mickey Mouse. And there was a 3D um, Donald standing on a ladder who had painted over the words Mickey Mouse with black paint and had painted Donald Duck on there. And I just thought that was such a great, cute touch. I thought that was really clever and I really liked it, especially since they were in Duckburg. Um, and I also found a couple of lines from ProgressCityUSA.com to provide a little more information about what was in Toontown, just to give you a little sense of it. So what he says is, let's break down some of the small details. You might have noticed that Mickey's Birthday Land wasn't even Toontown, it was Duckburg. Considering that the TV show DuckTales was popular at the time, and that Duckburg was the only prominent fictional urban area that the Disney canon had at the time, it made sense. I still pine for Duckburg to be done right at a Disney park. The area was filled with lots of trappings, alluding to the fictional culture of Duckburg. Then he has a short video on his uh, site that was a promotional video that Disney did, uh, and uh, one of the things he says, says about it is that you can see in the video there are kids eating the old and much more awesome Mickey Mouse ice cream bars and there was the old school blue strollers and uh, Roy Disney uh, shows up in the video along with Michael Eisner who was very young at the time 
The tiny boat, which was supposed to be Donald's house, was actually built in Mickey's backyard, which is kind of funny. Roger Rabbit made his way into the picture, um, and Grandma Duck's barn uh, and Maid Marian were there. Uh, the Mouska Maze is the name for the, uh, the maze that uh, the kids went through, the topiary maze. Uh, and uh, the street names went like Walt Street, Hyperion Boulevard, Tail Feather Trail, and Cornhusker Lane. Uh, you can also see that there are several small-scale st uh, storefronts around and outside the circus tent. There was also Daisy's Cafe, the Duckburg News, as well as Goofy's Clip Joint and Barbershop, a name I've always found amusing. I'll let you think about why it's amusing. So one question he asks, why do Mickey's home, movies, uh, home movie titles always make it look like he's four years old? Anyway, after two decades of mockery by theme park snobs like me, Toontown Fair is gone for good. Uh, Mickey and Minnie will take up residence uh, temporarily in Tomorrowland until their new digs are completed on the Main Street Exhibition Hall. So say sayonara, Toontown Fair. May your basic concept be revisited in the future with better results. Now one more tidbit for you. On opening day, the people cutting the ribbon to uh, get into to, to Mickey's birthday land were none other than Cindy Williams of the Laverne and Shirley TV show uh, at the time. Uh, that was a very popular show at that point. And First Lady Nancy Reagan uh, to cut the ceremonial ribbon. So I'm going to end my podcast at that to talk about just Mickey's birthday land and what it was. Next time, I'm going to tell you about what happened to the land after the party was over. So thanks for dropping by Dave's Disney View. Be sure and check us out next week. See ya. Most of the music you're hearing on this podcast is from a friend of the show named Craig Brown. Craig does a number of things in the techno space. You can find Craig's music on myspace.com slash sound A as an apple. And my thanks also to Doug over at geekacres.net for his rendition of a Jack Wagner classic. And now we've reached our destination in the 21st century. Yes, I know, it went by so fast. But don't worry, because the future is always in front of us. Thanks for riding with us. Please collect your personal belongings and step onto the moving platform. The platform and your car are moving at equal, yet opposite speeds, so watch your head and step. If you have questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, or would just like to ask Dave a question about Disney planning or anything else, send him an email to davesdisneyview at gmail.com. And now, I gotta be moving along. He's looking for a little more adventure, I'm heading for a little bit of fun now. He's hoping for a little more excitement, time to be moving along. It's time to be moving along, time to be moving along.